In this episode, I reveal the secrets of how principle-based learning allows you to internalize and master social and seductive skills far faster and more effectively than any techniques you could learn. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. I remember clearly one of my very first approaches way back in the mid noughties when I was living as a musician bum in Melbourne. I was on the 86 tram, shout out to Brunswick Street hipsters, and I was sitting there minding my own business and reading a book probably because there was no Kindles back then. And then this gorgeous, radiant girl sat down in front of me. Looking back, now that I've met some really, really gorgeous, radiant girls, she was just cute. But I remember her as being absolutely an, an angel. She had this little fringe and these little rosy cheeks, kind of an English rose looking lass and wearing some hippie dress. And, and she sat down in front of me and she pulled out a tube of Lucas Pawpaw ointment. And everyone's going, uh, what? What is that? Well, that's this, Lucas Pawpaw ointment, who I am, am endorsing right now. And uh, I've got a brand deal. This is actually a, uh, what do you call it, a sponsored video. So I uh, encourage, no, it's not. I don't know how you can buy this. You can only buy these in Australia, as far as I know. In, in Brunswick and Fitzroy, pretty much everyone has a tube of this shit because this is, this is amazing. What, you're like, what is this? <laughs> like, is this anal lube or what is it? No, it's, it's lip, stuff you put on your lips and it's made out of all natural stuff and it's, it's very nice. So anyway, she pulls out a tube and she applies it a little bit and then I'm there and, I'm, and, I'm, and I've just kind of gotten the concept that you can approach girls. I'd, I'd read the book, you know the book, and I'd gone to a couple of lair meetings of seduction dudes, which was really kind of nerdy, nerdy guys trying to just trying to meet a woman. And they were talking about different techniques and whatever, but I, ha I, hadn't, I hadn't tried any of these techniques where you go, where you go up to a girl and you say some story or you, you, know, you do some cold reading thing on her or whatever. Uh, I, I hadn't really done anything. I was just thinking about it. And here I was this moment and I had this compelling feeling that I, I had to do something. This, this was the girl of my dreams at that time. Uh, and I felt like I had to move. And there was this magic, magic, beautiful moment where I realized I've got a tube of Lucas Pawpaw in my pocket right now. This is destiny. And so she's sitting there and I'm sitting there and I, and I do this, pull this out slowly. I hold it out so she can see it. And I look at her, I smile. And she looks at me now, check this move guys. All right, take a little bit of this and I go, be embarrassing actually, but yeah, this is what I did. She's looking at me and we're holding this, this tension. This is like crack cocaine for your lips, huh? And she goes, yes, totally. I know. It's amazing. I can't live without it. I know. It's just like, if I leave the house without it, I feel like I'm totally naked. And then I, and I put it back in my pocket. Hey, what's your name? Liz. Nice to meet you. I reach across and I, I shake her hands. Um, how's my lips look, by the way? Probably a bit too shiny. And I say, well, where are you going? What are you doing? Going to the city? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to go buy some CDs. Back when you bought CDs. <laughs> CDs. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, my God, yes, she likes music. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Stay calm, stay calm. I'm a musician, right? Remember, this was my only thing. I played in a band that wasn't famous. So I'm like, okay, stay calm. Oh, cool. So um, what kind of music do you, are you into? She's like, oh, you know, alternative stuff and like a bit of jazz and, uh, you know, reggae. And I'm like, good enough. Good enough. I don't really play those styles, but I can pretend. I said, oh, 
oh cool yeah i actually i actually play in a band um now it's nothing nothing serious but you know i play i would play around and she's like oh yeah what, what kind of type of music do you play i'm like oh funk soul reggae latin reggae just reggae and she said oh yeah cool nice yeah, cool. This is Australian. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah, mate. Yeah. No, no. This is Australian seductions happening. And this is how Australians breed. And then I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm going to get off a bit early because I'm just going to grab a coffee at the, at the Bluebell Cafe. <laughs> it was Australia. Oh, my God. I've forgotten all about Australia. And I say, oh, well, maybe I could get your email. I'll put you on the email list of my band and then you know, I'll send you an email when we've got a gig, maybe, you know, maybe check it out. She's like, yeah, sweet, sounds good. So like, I did have a pen because I carried pens around. I think I had a little satchel, I pull out pen and, and she wrote down her email address, uh, Liz something at hotmail.com. And, uh, and then off she got, she got off the tram. The spoiler is that I never saw her again. All right, just let's just, let's just be clear about that. And it's, it's funny because I've met thousands of women since that day and many, many who are far more beautiful and probably more charming and so on than her, but she's stuck in my memory forever. And always, I will carry Liz with me to my grave because she was one of the first. And uh, because there was, there, was a, there was a vibe there, you know, there was, a, I still feel it right now. I'm like, Liz, if you're out there, everything I've done all of these years has been just to send this message. Anyone out there who knows Liz, please come on, get her to contact me. It's funny, I, I still feel it right now. And, and I think deep down she does too, right? Right? Anyway, I sent, obviously I sent her an email pretty much straight away, you know, as soon as we had the shittiest, like, I was, and I was like, guys, we've got to get a geek. Come on, guys, like anything. And I think it was at, at some uh, book fair or something. And I sent her, sent her an email just saying, hey, Liz, got, got a geek coming up soon. And yeah, it's like, you know, 2 p.m. at this market. So yeah, hopefully see you there. She didn't come. And I sent her a few more and she never came. So it was a few years later, once I'd gotten past this beginner's phase of just trying random stuff out, and as I'd started hanging out with guys that you would consider to be naturals and started to dissect what it was that they were doing, that I realized when I, when I thought back on that interaction, I realized what I'd done very, very well and the reason that I'd fucked it up. It wasn't, it wasn't a mystery to me once I understood the principles, right? Because by luck or just by vibe or just by the fact that we had a little bit of chemistry in, those, in that, those early moments, I was utilizing some of the principles, the five principles of natural seduction intuitively. And because I operated from them, I was getting some positive results. It was, it was creating sexual tension. It was creating uh, emotional connection. It was leading somewhere. And also because I didn't understand the principles completely and I was just stabbing in the dark and just free forming, I lost it. Right? There, is a, there is a timeline somewhere out there uh, in the quantum fucking potentialities of the something some physicists can explain uh, that, you know, there's multiple timelines. There was a timeline where Liz gave me her phone number and we went on a date. Date? Well, actually, Australians don't go on dates. They just go and have a beer and then they go home and have sex and then they wake up in a relationship. <laughs> So there was a timeline where that could have happened easily, but it didn't because I didn't understand the principles. Now, the point of this video is an extension from part one where 
Firstly, I trashed some of my competitors, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. And right now, by now, I've got fuck you money and I've, like, I've earned the right to do a bit of a trash. And, uh, and those guys don't, they don't, it's not going to bother them. They can feel free to have a trash back at me, RSD. Come on, let's have a, let's do this. We've been, we've been dancing around this for years. Let's have a little play. But aside from the gossip and, and a little bit of drama, the point of the previous video was to outline the difference between technique-based learning, which is stacking, I do this and then I do this and I do that. So if we were to like break down that interaction from a technique-based situation, this would be the <clears throat> Lucas Pawpaw ointment technique, right? Which you could actually do this in Australia. You could carry this around. And uh, every time you saw a girl pull this tube out, which would be not that uncommon, you would see it, you'd be ready, right? And so you'd go, okay, the Lucas Pawpaw technique is when the girl pulls out the tube, you go and sit next to her, you pull out your tube, hold it within eye range of the girl, unscrew lid, uh, anti-clockwise, take small amount of Lucas Pawpaw ointment, apply to your lips, look at girl. If she doesn't give you, get attention, give her a little kick with your foot, then deliver the line. <clears throat> it's like, it's like crack cocaine for your lips, right? Girl will then laugh and agree, then replace cap, reach hand out and introduce yourself. End of routine number one. <laughs> guys, there's some guys out there who are writing this down. That would be breaking that down from a technique based perspective. Now, I think most of you guys can see why that's not gonna work very well. It's not alive, is it? It's very contrived, it's very calculated. It doesn't allow for spontaneity or flow. It's not very fun. It's, it's, it's an absurd way to think of things. The way that we really should look at this and if we want to break down this interaction is from the understanding of principles. So let's look at what did I do well and what did I fuck up? At the time, I was very confused about what I'd done wrong. Had I sent the wrong email? Should I have said, instead of, hey, Liz, should I have said, what's up, Liz? Now that's a bit American. Should I have said, yo, yo, no. Should I have just said, Liz, exclamation mark. Should I have done like some callback humor about the poor appointment, right? That was our thing. That was our thing, right? We had this little thing we had going on there. Maybe I should have said something like, oh, did you find any like cheap places to get poor appointment? If you do, get me a case. Or, no, no, that's lame. And so I was trying to figure out what, what, what was the damage control that I could have done better uh, because I was sure it was something to do with the email, right? I mean, we had a great, we had a good talk. We seemed to like each other. I asked for her email, she said she wanted to come to my gig and then she didn't. So fuck, something wrong with the email. <laughs> and so I, I tried to figure this out and I think, I'm pretty sure that I sent a, a couple of these invitations to gigs and I'm pretty sure that I also eventually sent her some really cringy email, like something like, hey Liz, you know, I guess, uh, you know, your inbox is full, but if you ever get this email, it'd be cool to like meet up and talk about music or something like that. Ugh. Pretty sure I did. I've kind of blanked that out and I'll, it'll come out in therapy later, but I think I did something like that. So looking back, once, once, I, once I came to an understanding of the mechanics, the universal mechanics of seduction through principles, looking back at this interaction, it was very simple. Ah, I see exactly what I did wrong. I can do an autopsy on this in a minute and I could see, yep, this, is, this was my fundamental mistake. If I'd done this, or change this aspect, it quite likely would have led to that timeline where Liz and I are now uh, married with children. Hmm. Maybe it's a good thing that I fucked it up. Yeah, it is. Life is very confusing. Anyway, 
the, the subsequent years, this was my early approaches, I went out and did this a lot, approached a lot of women in a free-form manner. I, I came in contact with the early Mystery Method staff and various other early seduction teachers. I didn't like it. I just couldn't bring myself to go up to a girl and neg her or say stories about myself that weren't true or to wear things that didn't fit my personality. I just couldn't bear to do it. And, and I thought maybe, maybe I should be, maybe other guys are going to get way better results because they're going to do it by the book. But for me, I just had to, had to let that stuff go. I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So I was going to just freeform it. And I'm glad, very glad that that was my attitude because I saw a lot of other guys, as I talked about in the previous video, following these techniques that were designed for maybe college girls in, uh, in America and trying to apply them in Australia or Europe and falling flat on their faces and gradually reaching frustration points where they gave up the whole thing. And I saw many generations of men go through that, trying out all these techniques which promised them, promised them unbreakable, unbeatable results, right? This technique works. This opener is 100% strike rate. And so the guy goes and does it, doesn't work. So he either decides that all seduction is lies, all of this stuff is bullshit, or he decides there's something wrong with him. Okay, it's just that, well, that guy on the video can do it, but I can't do it. So that means that I'm just essentially not attractive and therefore I need to give up. So both of those things are pretty tragic and that's where a lot of men ended up. Luckily for me, I was aiming to be myself, right? That was my aim was to, to try to learn how to be more seductive, more compelling, more creative, more able to uh, interact with women more brave. That was the main one initially was like how to get over the fear and to just, as my initial business partner said, if I can take my balls in my hand and go over there and make it happen. Now, what did he say? He used to, he used to say, this shit is 90% balls, right? He was the original direct guy that I knew. This shit is 90% balls. And that stuck with me forever. And he was right. Yeah, he really was. The 10%, the extra 10%, that's, that's where it becomes high art. But so much of it is just fucking taking your nuts and walking over there, which is a strange image, isn't it? It's like, why would you be holding your balls when you walk over to a girl? That, don't do that. It's a metaphor. So hold your balls in your mind. In your, just, no, just leave your balls in your pants and remember that 90% of your balls are... Oh, fuck, it's getting confusing. Anyway, you get the idea. So as I started hanging out with guys who were intuitively or naturally good with women... I started looking at what are the crossover points? What are the, where is the intersection in terms of their behavior, their mindsets and their actions that seems to lead to results? Because the first crew of guys that I was rolling with in the streets of Melbourne were very different in temperament, in personality, in looks and in the way that they behaved with women. One of them, this, the guy I mentioned before, was a very slick club guy who was all about pulling the trigger hard. Right? He didn't really have conversations with women particularly. He didn't really remember their names or anything. He was just, he was, he was pure sex on legs and he made it happen. And it was, it was breathtaking to watch him just roll up to girls on dance floors, say something in their ears, which I would ask him later, what the fuck did you say? And he'd tell me and I'd be like, uh, that's the thing? It wasn't the thing. It was the way he did it. It was the implication. It was the tension. And it was the fact that he pulled the trigger hard. Another guy was almost depressingly slow. Like he was just a kind of a vortex. He was actually quite depressed. Uh, not, a, not, a, not, a, not necessarily a very pleasant person, but a very 
charismatic person. He drew you in with his silence, with his pressure, with the, there was a need to, fit, to validate yourself in his eyes that even I, I felt many, everyone felt, men and women. And then another guy who was super social, super chameleonic, really friendly, really gregarious, and really generous, would just give a lot of, of himself, of energy, of anything he had, he would, he would just be handing it out to people. And it wasn't needy in any sense, but it had a very powerful effect. And then myself, who was developing my kind of more uh, refined and elegant conversational-based seduction, but starting to use elements that I'd seen in these other seducers, and they were using elements of mine. The four of us combined our forces and, and really built this, and it was me who codified it and figured out how these principles work across the board for men of any type. So it was over the, those few years that I started to realize that there are universal laws at play here. It's not about that I said this or I, or I wrote the right email or the wrong email. It's about understanding that there is an underlying machinery, there is an engine of seduction, and it's the same across cultures, across different personalities. Not in terms of the application, because the way that you do it, the things you say, the vibe you have, the personality you have, of course, that is your unique expression. You look at the difference between me and Liam, and we're very different people, and we interact with women in very different ways, but we both understand the five principles at a deep level. And I've been searching for quite some time to see, is there, am I missing something? Is there a sixth or a seventh or whatever principle? Uh, and I'm very willing to, to uh, be proven that I was wrong, like any good scientist or social scientist. So if you think that you have the sixth principle, please feel free to put it in the comments section below and, and we'll, we'll run it through with laboratory tests and see if it holds up. But as far as I'm concerned, and from all my experimentation and learning and travel and teaching, there are only five. Now let's look at how they apply to Liz, because it's very important that we figure out what went wrong. So how does the five principles apply to this interaction? The first principle is awareness. And I divide this into internal and external awareness. Now that's so that you can wrap your mind around it. But once you start to understand things at a deeper level, as you start to meditate more, you realize that there is no difference between internal and external awareness. Take that as an idea and roll with it for as many years as you need to. But in the initial stages, it's good to look at it this way. Internal awareness is all about understanding how your body works, how your breath works. It's about being able to direct focus outside of this monkey mind that's always chattering and thinking things somewhere else, redirecting focus into your body. The reason why often I come across as sexy and charismatic, I'm not saying you think I'm sexy, but some girls do, and you, some of you think I'm charismatic, so often people think that, uh, or feel that, is because I'm at ease in my body. Right now, I'm physically relaxed. Yeah, I can feel that I'm not holding tension up in my shoulders, uh, that I'm not like tensing my face, that I'm not fidgeting and scratching and feeling all this tension that needs to be exhibited. And if I was delivering the video in this way, right, you might not necessarily see that, oh, he's holding his shoulders in this certain way and he's uh, you know, licking his lips too much or anything like that. You might not notice those specifics, but you would get a feeling that this guy is tense. You would get a feeling, oh, I don't really buy this. You know, this guy, this guy is the guy that's gonna teach me this stuff. You wouldn't really buy it, right? And that's how many people are all the time. And it's certainly uh, something that I've been through 
learning how to become a performer and a speaker and, a, and somebody who goes and interacts with, with lots of strangers because it's tense. It's tense to be under pressure, to be in the spotlight, to be put on the spot where your ego can be dented and damaged. And learning how to be at ease, even in situations which are completely chaotic, is one of the most vital skills you can learn. I learned that through martial arts, through meditation, through yoga, through Tai Chi, through uh, methodologies that allow me to direct focus out of here and into my body. So I was doing a lot of meditation and martial arts at the time of Liz. And so I was pretty chill. I was physically chilled. My internal awareness was working all right. I was sitting there, probably I was even sitting there meditating because back then the phones were boring. All they did was text and call. So there's no point looking at them. If you didn't have a text message, it was pointless to look at it. So you just kept it in your pocket. And I'd forgotten my book. Now, then we go out into the external awareness. This is where Liz sits down in front of me and I notice her firstly. I'm like, whoa, I like her. She's a pretty girl. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading that something about her movements, something about the way she glanced at me. I had a feeling that I had a chance here. And you guys, if, you, if you're ever in a state of relaxation or, or, or not being totally up in your head, you've probably had experiences where you've had a feeling that there's a girl in the bar or a girl across at the coffee shop where you're like, maybe, is there something there? Or, or you're just kind of compelled like, to look at her more. And that's because she's noticed you. That's because in those moments, she's thinking, mm, that boy's cute. Yeah, or she's thinking, I'm horny and he'll do. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't really matter as long as she has, she's giving you some kind of attention, some kind of vibe. And the truth is, most of the time when a man who's not trained in seduction goes and talks to a girl, let's say he's drunk in the bar and he gets up the courage to go and talk to a girl, it's not because he chose, he didn't look at her and go, okay, that's the girl I want. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to give it a shot. What's really happened is she's noticed him and gone, yeah, he's cute or he'll do. And she's given signals, right? She's giving a little look. She's adjusting her body language in certain ways. She's open, opening herself. She's, you know, instead of like blocking herself in with her girlfriend, she turns herself out a little bit. She lifts her chin. She, she looks at you once every five seconds. And so the guy perceives that girl's approachable. Like she looks pretty. And, and that's why girls who are like technically not super beautiful, but are cute, and have big eyes or make their eyes look big and like, you know, pout a little bit and push their cleavage up. Those girls get way more play than the ice queen catwalk models. Uh, you know, the, 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 these staunch looking Eastern European model at the bar at the, in the VIP section, most guys are going to look at her and go, not a chance. I don't have a fucking chance in hell. I would rather not have my, my ego obliterated on the dance floor. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to pretend I didn't even see her. And we see that on workshops. It's funny. You know, one of those girls walks down the street and you see the students suddenly going, oh, looking up at the architecture. You know, we've been looking for girls for five minutes. We haven't seen a cute girl. And then suddenly she walks by and the guy's like, oh, just looking at other stuff. I'm like, uh, did you not notice the, that girl walk by? And they're like, which girl? The 10? Um, you mean... No, no, I don't mean the tree. I mean the, the exquisitely, you didn't notice? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Go and talk to her. Um, she's not kind of my type. She's everyone's type. You're just terrified. Go on, it'll be good for you. <laughs> That's my job to make him do that. But the truth is that 
in the normal world, it's the cute girls who present themselves as available. They're the ones that get the guys. And those girls, if they got a bit of game, can, get, can hit well above their own uh, sexual marketplace value by giving the right signals. So anyway, there was a little bit of that going on with Liz. She gave me something and I felt it because I was present. Yeah? And then I, and I felt the vibe. And then I noticed that she pulled out <coughs> her Lucas Pauper ointment. Right? So this was using my external awareness. My, drips, my, my, my lips were actually dry and I'm like, yes, this is my chance to like put this on without it being weird. And now I've made it weird. So I, I, I was externally aware of this. And then that was the moment where I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I've got the thing. And then, okay, I worked with that. Now, my mistake there was to think that I needed the, the ointment, right? That I needed my special potion. Because after months after this, once I'd seen that you can just go up to girls and say, hey, how you doing? Or, excuse me, uh, sorry to bother you. I can see you're staring off into space, but you look lovely. What's your name? I didn't know you could do that then. I thought you had to have a special reason. And that, so that's what I was looking for. I was externally aware, uh, but I was looking for an angle, right? And back then, Juggler was the guy, the Juggler method. He was the guy that was the biggest proponent of this. And Juggler method was actually pretty decent. It was kind of natural game. Uh, mixed with a bit of routine stuff, but it was, it was pretty decent. He was a more or less normal guy. He was the only kind of normal guy at the time. Wayne Elise, where is he now? I think he kind of fucked up. He missed his chance. But anyway, back then I thought he was decent. And so he had this thing which was called a flopsy. And that was based on some moment where he'd seen a girl walking a rabbit, okay? And then he'd, and he'd commented on that and then he got laid because of that. And so that was known as a flopsy where you notice something that was going on with the girl, the pork ointment, the rabbit, the, you know, she has one lazy eye, probably don't comment on that. Uh, and then you made a comment about that and show, and then you use that to direct back to her and then you started the conversation and, and then you did your other routines. So back then I was dependent on that kind of thing. I was always looking for, okay, she's doing this thing. Can I make a comment about that? Or do I, can I relate to that in some way? She's reading a book. Have I read that book? And be like, mm, no, can I pretend I've read that book? I've heard of the title and, and I kind of fake it. Like Dostoevsky. Yeah, those Russians, huh? And she'd like, and <laughs> you know, it's dangerous when you do it. Back before you could Google stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, what's your favorite Dostoevsky novel or character? And I'm like, Duh. I'm out of here. Right, I had a couple of those embarrassing moments. So was looking for that kind of stuff. Unnecessary. Right? So that was a mistake to think that I needed to do that because the principle at play was awareness of the fact that the girl was kind of giving me a moment's vibe was more than enough because you have had this thing happen to you many times. Uh, many times you didn't notice, but there's been many times where you're at a party, you're at a bar or you're walking down the street and a girl looked at you and she thought, yeah, I'd fuck him or he's cute or yeah, he's kind of ugly, but it turns me on. That's another thing as well. Or, she, or he reminds me of my, you know, my uh, best friend's uncle who I had this weird thing for. You know, girls, get, girls are attracted to all sorts of dudes. So don't think just because you, you, you don't think you're technically beautiful that a girl has not, not thought about banging you. I've talked to lots of girls about this. They're like, ah, oh, you know, there's this guy and he's hideous in my course or whatever. I find him repulsive, but I just want to fuck him. I don't know why. Something to do with Freudian childhood stuff. That's good. It's good that people are so twisted and weird that they are attracted to all sorts of things. 
So don't think, ah, oh, no, no girl ever thinks that about me. Yes, they do, sometimes. And for other guys, a lot. And for some guys, less. Anyway, the point being is that all I needed to do was read the vibe and if she'd pulled the, the tube out, I could have ignored that completely and said, hey, what are you up to today? And that, that would have worked totally fine, right? So an understanding of the, the principle of awareness and then the principle of intention, right? So let's move on to principle two, which is intent. Now, I actually did this quite well because what I did when I, when I pulled out my little thing and I, and, and I had her and I, I saw her like look at this and look at me and she was like, okay, cool. Is this a coincidence or, and then I looked at her as I, and I, I gave what I thought was a kind of a sexy look. I hope I didn't wink or raise my eyebrows. Hopefully I didn't. I think I didn't. And I just kind of looked at her and I projected intention. This is, this is where, because what I, when I'm teaching the five principles, awareness is the foundation because this is the underlying space that you need to exist with, within. If you're unaware, if you're up in your head, if your body is tense, if you're thinking into the future, planning what you're going to say, or you're worrying about what might happen, or you're running shitty movies in your mind of the worst case scenario, or even if you're trying to like do that positive stuff, we like, okay, I am, the, I am the prize. I am a sex god. I am a sex ninja. She loves me. You know, I will conquer her vagina and fucking fireworks will spurt out my cock. If you're thinking that kind of thing, you're still not present. And it's going to be intense, right? <laughs> you could see, okay, I am the prize. I am the gorilla. I am the alpha male. I am the alpha omega male. She's like, whoa, dude, chill out. Just look at me like you want to fuck me a little bit and then smile. And that's what I did. I projected good intent. And then I said my line about the cocaine lips and she laughed. Okay, so I did that well. In that moment, I gave her a little zing of like, yeah, I'm a man. I'm looking at you like a woman. And this is fundamentally vital in your seductions. It's one of the primary reasons why many men get nowhere in their interactions. They go up pleasant. It doesn't matter if they say a direct words, even if they go up and they're like, hey, I saw you from there. I thought you looked wonderful today. Uh, but it doesn't have any guts behind it. It doesn't have any balls. It doesn't have any projection. Yeah, it's just words. And so she's like, okay, thanks for the nice words. And then maybe she has a pleasant chat with you and you pleasantly talk about things and then maybe you pleasantly ask for a number at the end and she goes, okay, yeah, because you were polite and nice, I'm finding it hard to reject you, so I'll give you a number and then I'll flake. Very common. The projection of intention is one of the things that inoculates against these kinds of flakes and makes her feel like a woman, right? Because right now I'm looking at you through this lens in the future through the internet and I'm projecting sexual intent and it feels weird, doesn't it? Isn't that a strange thing? Okay, I'll turn it off now. I can do that to anything. I can do it to an inanimate object because I can feel my sexuality. I can feel my masculinity and I can allow it to, to come out, All right? So when I do that on a woman and I don't do it a lot, it's like spice, right? I'm just gonna put a little zing, a little, what's that salt bay guy, like that. I'm not gonna just stand there like staring and that's a big mistake that other guys will make is like, okay, intention. They're just like always on with the sex eyes. and Everything is just projecting sexual intent. No, that's gonna make, that's gonna be creepy. That makes her feel under negative pressure. So it's something that I turn on and off in little moments to give her a zing of like, whoa, that's a man. So I did that, I think pretty well considering my inexperience at the time. In part two, I'm going to be explaining. So, pressure release, I did that one moment really, really well. 
But then I released it. And then at the end, when I went for the close, I'm just losing tension. Stay tuned very soon for part two. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.